Hello everybody, welcome to the ICS podcast. My name is Martin Calvert. I'm the marketing director here at ICS Digital and ICS Translate. Today I'm joined by Louise Wiseman, who's senior SEO manager at TUI, one of the most notable travel companies in the world, I guess. And today we'll be touching on all manner of things to do with SEO, I'm sure. But initially, first thing I've got to say is, Louise, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hiya, thanks for having me. Um, So for those who are, um, I guess, unfamiliar with what being an SEO professional involves in this day and age, what can you tell us about your role and, I guess, your role within a travel organisation, you know, which has global reach. Yeah, sure. So like, like you said, I'm the senior SEO manager at TUI, but uh, not just for TUI. So the websites to look after are TUI UK, TUI Island, First Choice, Crystal Ski and Crystal Ski Island. And they're all looked after by my team. So I, I lead a team as five of us, including myself. And our goal is to get us to number one on Google for anything holiday related. So whenever you're searching for anything from your inspiration all the way down to when you're ready to book your holiday, ready to go, ready to check in, I want us there and visible and front of mind. So thinking about travel, you think TUI. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big mission, but it's also quite an entertaining one as well. You yeah. know, as you say, there is that inspirational aspect when people aren't quite sure where they want to go or with who. Absolutely. But then, you know, once you have made that decision and you might be more um, conscious of the practicalities, times, availability, you know, it's about that, I suppose you call it a funnel. I yeah, mean, exactly. Is that something... whenever, whenever we talk, um, whenever I do these like, introductions to SEO across the business, which we do a lot, luckily a lot of people at we are interested in SEO, which is really good for me. We always talk about how we can sit across the whole of the purchase funnel, all the way up from that considerate, um, for inspiration, all the way down to conversion. And um, we can we can put our fingers in all of those those pies across, across the funnel, which is really good because then we get to work with lots of different people on lots of different things. And yeah, lots I of fun can... things as well. Holidays, yeah, yeah. for me personally, a really fun topic to talk about. And <laughs> yeah, interesting. Definitely a bit more interesting than industrial plumbing or something. <laughs> I, I once had a client that was um, uh, pipe pipes, like industrial pipes. So I knew all about pipes for a bit, but I, I would say on balance holidays, I do find a bit more interesting. <laughs> it's a little bit nicer to look at, mm-hmm. I guess. But again, you know, the people who are passionate about pipes Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, yeah. Everyone's, everyone, every every um, shoe's got its foot. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, so you've, you've talked a little bit about the the team and, you know, it's not just one site, it's multiple sites mm-hmm. with different types of experience. What does a typical day look like for you if there is one? Um, um, it's going to be a really cliched like- answer, but like, every day is a bit different. But it, it <laughs> is, and it depends what kind of time of year as well we're in, whether that, sure. that impacts it. Um, but mostly I, I, I like to check our visibility in the morning. That's one of the first things I do when I log on is what's happening there. Obviously, check, check all my emails and make sure what's going on and then very importantly, check what I've got to do for the day, check my to-do mm-hmm. list. Um, but I tend to split my time a lot between... Um, between working with the content teams, working with the technical teams. Um, a sub, I'm a subject matter expert in one of the um, product delivery teams, so working with them on any requirements for anything they're building, um, going through that, collating stories and helping with those across across the teams, um, all the way up to kind of some data and. and analytics and data analysis for some of the teams as well so pulling all that together helping them with um getting what i want back out of it so if i need to provide like clicks data or anything to the analytics team kind of pulling that or if there's been a specific specific campaign running that we've been supporting with kind of helping with that as well so yeah very very varied um 
very day, working with lots of other teams as well. We're a very collaborative business, um, lots of strong stakeholders and different teams and different projects that we're working on all the time. So, yeah, it could be something to do with that. Or it could be a really quiet day. Some days I just have no meetings, which are really nice and I can just crack on with. Really, really data-heavy days. So those are the days I put my, put my headphones on and, and really crack on with delving deep into the data. Well, I mean, at that point you made about you know other stakeholders is a really interesting one. That's something that's been a bit of a common thread in some of these podcast episodes, where you know, even in very large organisations, SEO still has dependencies mm-hmm. on Absolutely. other departments, and also kind of responsibilities to feed up that data into data teams, into you know business analysis and commercial teams, and mm-hmm. so on. So it is interesting how that you know SEO. It almost can never be truly completely independent because it is so tied to these other things. Yeah. And And you wouldn't really want it to be completely independent either. No, no, definitely not. And we're not really a team that we we don't own loads of things on the site. We were definitely like we're a team that needs enablers from other teams to do those things for us. So we need that buy-in. So if I spot an opportunity for a new page, I need content to help with the content. I need someone to build it for me. If we don't have it built, I need to feed those requirements into the dead teams. We need to put merchandising on it if we want to sell something on those pages. Um, we want you to know what the product roadmap looks like from is, is this is this a type of product that we're really interested in selling so that all comes together it's never very much there are times when we've kind of gone off on our own and done things and I'd say they're probably a little less successful we need that buy-in mm-hmm. from a whole it's a very a big it's a big organization with lots of different people in there and without that we we probably wouldn't really get much done or it probably wouldn't be very successful like we're we're the seo experts we need other people for their expertise as well so we can give them that Mm. data point them and guide them in that direction and say actually maybe have you thought about this have you thought about doing it in this way when they can say the same back to us but when you when you have everyone in like silos like that i just don't i've never found it's worked particularly particularly well well and it also means if you're making yourself ex- explicable to other people mm-hmm. you know it probably does help you to test your own strategy and think well does this make sense you know the request that i'm making is it commensurate with the benefit that i feel that we're going to get yeah like what's the commercial that, benefit at the end of the day yeah. is, is there a commercial benefit at the end of the day for this or is it is it purely something we're doing for ranking or for link building or something like that but we always mm-hmm. i always like to tie everything back to what is the commercial goal of this at the end of the day, are we going to get, because that's one of our goals, obviously, is to sell holidays. So I want, I want to get that benefit from it in, in some shape or form as well. It's one of these things where, you know, even in large organisations, you know, in different sectors, there can still be some emphasis in some markets on vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. But having that, you know, focus on what is the overall goal, which is to, you know, pair interested customers up with the best possible holiday experience you know yeah that that's kind of where the real interest is for most people who want to move the dial yeah um definitely. in terms of i guess i, I, I mean I, I imagine most of us don't kind of start our careers being able to develop that type of business case um you know being able to communicate to different stakeholders in that way easily mm-hmm. so I wonder if you could share a bit more about your career background. You know, what? How did you get started in SEO? Yeah. Um, and I guess how did you proceed in that career? Is there anything you planned or predicted that came true, or developments that were more unexpected? I guess unexpected developments is part of the the, the routine of a, an SEO professional. But mm-hmm. yeah, good to get your take. Yeah, I think, on I think like many many people, I didn't 
leave university thinking I'm going to start a career in SEO. I studied languages at university, mm-hmm. so French and Italian. And then when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I, I moved to France for a year and I taught English at university. And then once that was up, um, I moved to Canada. So I'd already spent six months in Canada. I really wanted to go back. I managed to get a visa for a, a year. So I moved back there and then applied to every single job going and managed to land one um, kind of doing marketing for a bit of a startup. They were a beauty tool startup they sold like hair mm-hmm. removal devices and kind of there I kind of taught myself a little bit around most kinds of different marketing so mostly it was kind of um social media but I worked very heavily in google analytics um and when that company it was it was it was a bit of a interesting company and they had a bit of a falling out with the parent company and then kind of got a little bit dissolved. Um, I, I jumped ship and um, applied for, again, most jobs going. I kind of proactively reached out to every every agency in Montreal. So like, you hiring? Luckily one was. And um, I think because I had quite good experience in using GA um, at the time, um, I managed to land myself a role as a SEO manager. And I do remember yeah. frantically googling the night before like what is seo watching <laughs> Rand fishkin's whiteboard fridays without any clue what was going on just so i didn't sound like a complete um newbie <laughs> to it but um yeah managed to get that job was there for two years an agency an seo manager um before i moved back to the uk um and then i i took a job i was working at Mothercare for a year just under a year um as a seo there before the opportunity at 2e came up um I applied and luckily I got that that was uh, just over five years ago and I've been at ever since um started as a senior exec um, manager and now I'm senior manager so I lead the UK team from an SEO perspective I mean I think having that data background definitely helps I suppose that's something that we we look for when hiring as well it's kind of useful um I would say it's not something I was like naturally drawn to like I did languages at university I wasn't very data numbers still aren't my strongest point I will kind of get my team to double check some of my maths at, at times or make, make sure my formulas mm. make sense um and then pick up the technical skills as, as you as I went along and kind of came with experience because like I said it was so far away from anything I didn't study business or marketing or anything like that at, at university so completely I, well I mean, SEO, it can be quite democratic in a way mm. you know because you know SEO does change over time and I think sometimes people who have been in it for 20 years can suffer from legacy thinking, you know, if they're not getting up to date on how things are in 2023, 2024. So, you know, there's always a, a good point to jump on with SEO, it seems, because there's always some new development to get to grips with. Yeah, there's. Um, um, I think that's one of the things I enjoy the most is that you constantly have to keep learning or keep kind of evolving yourself. You can't just sit still and do things the way you've always done them you'll do have to keep changing or, or learning or reading up on stuff and I think that's one of the things kind of outside of the core job that I really enjoy in SEO in general I guess. Yeah I mean on that point what about that topic of developments in SEO that have been unexpected uh, I guess in terms of algorithm updates or just I mean I suppose even the oh this is quite early in the conversation to be mentioning it but the you know the explosion in AI you yeah know, I mean I, I, find, I find it really like someone someone taught me quite early on in my career you know just don't don't panic about it like 
Google's going to change and the algorithms are going to change. There's very little, it comes, same with in life in general, I guess. There's very little me, little old me sitting at home in my flat in St Albans can do around these big algorithm changes or when these things happen. You just kind of have to roll with it. And if you're going to try and block it or stop doing it, it's going to carry on without you anyway. So yeah, it's unexpected. And whenever there is an algorithm update that hits and you see our visibility go up and down and some of my team might be like, oh, it's gone up, it's dropped, it's dropped. And like, just, just calm, just, just sit and wait, sit, yeah, wait, wait it out. Ahead. Like, what are we going to do? We're also, like, we're not going to be able to change the whole website overnight based on one algorithm update. So even if that was the, in the case, what can I do? Like, I'm not, I'm not saving out here saving lives or anything. Just you've got to kind of, I guess, like roll with the punches a little bit. Like yeah. it happens, it happens. You, you move on, you adjust the strategy, adjust the plan, wait till it settles a little bit, wait till everything kind of, it's, Google have put that tweet out that it's finished rolling out and it's it's live. Mm. And then kind of look at the data and see where do we go from here? Where do we need to change? Who do we need to pull? What levers do we need to pull to kind of, react to any of those changes but if you kind of get in that mindset of like see people panicking every time one comes out like what are you actually doing what are you actually doing what can you what can you do and if, if you do work in a company or a business that is that agile and that reactive then then that's brilliant but I don't think that's the case for a lot of people and definitely not the case for a lot of people that work in really big organizations that mm have a lot of other priorities and other things and if, if your dev team have got their roadmap laid out for the next year and a half yeah, and I come done. in waving my flag being like actually can you stop all of that and change the whole direction because Google's updated that's never gonna that's never gonna work so I yeah. think that's um you know no bad thing but, uh, in a way because certainly you know, off, often business agility is praised mm-hmm. like as a blanket thing but if you're too quick to change what you're doing before an algorithm update is settled, you know you might just be confusing things even further. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we see some affiliates, you know, struggle with in travel and other sectors. These want because they can just change something, they do change something, and then they don't know is it did the change benefit or exacerbate mm-hmm. you know, uh, something that's already underway. So it's a tricky one. So I think sometimes having that level head makes sense. Yeah, I try not to panic about it. Like at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's so out of our control. It's not like I did it. I didn't change the algorithm. We're not doing anything, especially if you're not doing anything that's kind of black hat or a bit dodgy. If you're doing all the right things and it, it hits you in a negative way, then you just change it up a little bit. But if you're not doing anything bad or anything negative, then like, it's life like stuff happens and it comes out of left field and then yeah. you just move on with it and adapt and, and change to it I don't think I think when you see people getting all panicky about every time there's an algorithm update so no, just just take a step back and, and I, I wish I was like that in all aspects of my life but like take a step back and like breathe about it and just be a bit calm and like it'll what will be will be and then we'll analyze it when it's when it's finished and see where we go from there I mean, that is a good outlook for life, but, you know, easier said than <laughs> oh, done. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm a completely different person <laughs> when when I've taken a web page down by accident or broken a web page and then I'm running around trying to get someone to fix it for me. It's a completely different different person. <laughs> well, it's not one of these things, though, that I think sometimes the industry doesn't help itself because no. there's all these people who are crying wolf almost because they want to be the first to spot an algo update mm-hmm. so twitter i think is sometimes one of the worst possible places yeah you see people discovery. comment on it being like oh my god and like yeah okay it's jokey it's funny like we've had four in what like a couple of months this year and like we, we do it in our team chat as well like send memes like you know that one where that woman gets interviewed and like about the general election she's like oh no mm. another one like that kind of mm. stuff it's funny but like 
then you move on and yeah, finish, finish the piece level. of work off that I was already working on after we've had our little laugh about it. Level head, move on, definitely. Um, I guess that kind of comes on to like what you're moving on to and the strategy, as you said, the strategy you're already working on. Like, what are your main goals, you know, as a senior SEO? You know, I mean, the, the business goals you've already mentioned, you know, to match up the right people with the holiday experiences that make a difference to them or yeah. they will respond to most. Yeah, I mean, but how important is prioritization of these goals and in terms of, you know, the actual day to day work? Yeah, it, it, it definitely shapes us. And I do sometimes, we, we, if we're doing something, always make sure we're kind of stepping back and saying, what, where does this lead, like, lead, lead up to? Like, where does this kind of feed up to in our goals? So we have. We have our overarching kind of digital marketing, customer analytics um, strategy, and then we create. Our, I create our own one from an SEO perspective, and you know everything kind of needs to feed up into that that goal of it. So why are we doing it? Does it fit into one of those pillars of what we're doing this for? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to like, is there a business objective, like commercial one? Is or if not commercial, um, is it like a rankability or an index or a linkability? What, what's the what's the outcome of this are we doing this to get links or to kind of um it's like a kind of a viral marketing type content marketing mm-hmm. piece or are we doing it to rank number one for a certain term and if it doesn't fit one of those then do we need to kind of adjust it a little bit or why or have we got it let it get too far down the road so yeah always kind of leveling up to to those ones and that's kind of always been kind of the overarching strategy is obviously sell holidays sell sell other products that we sell flights car hire all, all of those those things we sell mm-hmm. is selling those and making sure we're visible for them but then also making sure that that applies to each project we're doing and if we're spending time doing things as a team what is the what's the benefit of this what's the seo benefit for this does it lead up does it filter up into one of those overarching objectives so that we always make sure we're trying to almost step back from a little bit like yeah this is a really great idea but like why am I spending my time on this is there an seo goal to this is there an seo benefit and if not maybe I need to we can give you some data, but then maybe you need to step away from it a little bit. I mean, that seems especially the case when you, you're not just working on one site. You've no. got multiple sites, and as you say, it's multiple aspects of the industry, all of which are very competitive. Mm-hmm. So car rental, flights, holidays, it's all really competitive, and not just from other you know, providers of those um, services. You've got affiliates, you've got aggregators, you've got... Google Flights. Google Flights, Google itself, yeah. you know, this is, you know, this is one of the funny things that Google takes more and more of the pie. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they've kind of learned a little bit that they still depend on businesses and creators to actually develop content that they can use and surface and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, Google is surfacing so much data themselves, not necessarily attributing it. You've also got, you know, in this industry, reviewers, just fans, mm-hmm. travelers, bloggers, influencers. So there's so much content out there. Um, and with, I guess with that, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. We've also got people internally as well that everyone, we've got lots of teams working on products and projects and their project is obviously really important to everyone. But then you've got to balance it. Like, are we going to rank for this term? Like looking at it objectively, yeah, I'd love to be able to say every page we put live will be on on the first page. But sometimes you're like, I don't think that's, I don't think it's worthwhile doing that. I think it's a really great idea, but it just doesn't kind of, way up in terms of competitiveness of what this page will be that's a good um a good kind of principle for any seo as Mm -hmm. well not just like can i rank for it but can i rank in a time scale that is reasonable yeah that would be commercially significant and 
just the amount of investment and effort and time. Yeah, because we're, lo- we're lucky at TUI. It's a very authoritative site. It's been around for years, big travel brand. Mm. We do rank well for a lot of terms, but there are terms when you look at the competitive landscape and say, I don't think we're going fit, to fit in there. So maybe, mm. really great idea. I'm going to step away from it this time. If we think of another idea or another opportunity, we'll come back to you from the data. But this one maybe doesn't quite align from an SEO perspective at the moment. Well, it's also something where it's good to, to apply that kind of sober thinking to google updates as we touched upon as well because so many sites have lost rankings and you know if they're to be really honest with themselves in a lot of cases there are rankings that they probably should have lost quite a while ago so rather than you know lamenting what's lost they should be thankful for what they had Mm -hmm. if that isn't like like a greetings card statement i don't know um (laughs) but i mean we're talking about this prioritization point audience is critical you know you want to make sure you can do something that will rank not just for the sake of ranking but it will capture a certain percentage of that audience um what can you say about your key audiences and how they search or respond to content uh and you've already touched upon the seasonal aspect of this so any anything about the seasonality yeah i mean obviously different products kind of a lot of seasonality tends to happen in january Post-Christmas, everyone's a bit down. They want to book holiday, mm-hmm. have something nice and sunny to look yeah, forward to, especially in the UK, get away from the grey sky. So that's always a big kind of seasonal spike in terms of searches. And then different products have different ones throughout the year. So cruise might be like May or June, for example. So kind of matching. There's no point going live with a cruise product maybe in, in August if we've kind of missed that bit. So kind of scheduling our, our projects throughout the year. Based on based on that search volume of when when things do look like they're gonna they're gonna spike or definitely have a little bit more of a peak, let's say than than a spike as such. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people people look for holidays all year round, especially kind of I think since co- pre post COVID or post pandemic mm-hmm. uh, post the lockdown. I should I say I should say um, people's would see less of that spike and less of those those peaks throughout the year, and I think people spent a couple of years at home without going on holiday people want to go on holiday afterwards right I mean I, I, I'd say it's like a hard thing it wasn't I spent most of my lockdown sitting in my my room looking at holidays but um, <laughs> so did a lot of other people thinking about them and people want to go on holiday and maybe that's less of that kind of seasonality isn't coming through as much anymore and it's kind of almost always on and that people are always mm. looking for holidays always looking for a deal always looking for that bargain of when they can get away or looking for inspiration around holidays especially you mentioned like tiktok whenever i open tiktok i'm bombarded with like these beautiful beaches and holidays Mm. and flight scenes or whatever um if it's all around you all the time you're always kind of constantly looking it's not necessarily tied to one period of the year anymore and people definitely go to different platforms for inspiration like you said tiktok i think there was a report that came out last week around travel being one of the most searched for industries and how Mm. how important that is for, for for people looking for inspiration and trying to find it? Well, I, I think it's, you know, perhaps there's something over there also about holidays not just being about, you know, two weeks of relaxation. It's more also the lifestyle factor for some people, mm-hmm. the experiential factor, and maybe there is that post-COVID thing of why wait, yeah. you know, just um, find something that resonates with you and, find the right supplier and book that kind of thing yeah like the right times now like the right times today like apply it to holidays as well i'm sure but yeah uh, are we going to say yolo i might say yolo yeah um, why not yolo just do it just, that's it. just, just do it 
Um, I mean, what else can you tell us about travel as an industry, though? Is there, are there any particular quirks when it comes to travel? I think it's quite SEO? a competitive one, um, mainly because one of the guys in my team is now the SEO manager for one of our competitors quite locally. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess there's that little bit of friendly competitiveness between us anyway, is knowing each other. But as, yeah, I'd say it's, um, I don't know if there's any particular quirks in travel as, as an industry itself. Um, I think it's a really interesting one, a really fun one. It's definitely something that people, um, it's kind of a, it's a big purchase for most people, isn't it? Especially mm-hmm. if you're thinking like your two week all inclusive holiday or a cruise or something, that's a big investment for people, but you can still make it fun and enjoyable. It's not quite so serious as like, like buying a house or, or buying a mm. fridge, which is still big purchases, but not maybe have that fun element to it. And I think that's something that's really nice that you can play on within SEO in travel is that you have that bit more like enjoyment to it. And how do you make this a really exciting, fun experience from like from all the way from research down to kind of booking what those things that you can can build or, or, or have pages for that make it that really enjoyable experience? I mean, do you think that's where brand might help you out a bit? Yeah. Because, you know, I think... Brand I and PR like, as well, any of the PR activity, brand with good relationships with, with both those teams internally as well to support yeah. on those those kind of projects. But even just like the general familiarity with the brand, like, you know, I, I imagine a lot of people would assume if you book with TUI or a TUI brand, at the very least you're going to have a good time. Mm, you know what I mean? That. It's not, you know, it's, it's you're removing a lot of what the, the doubt that they might have with an unknown provider, mm. for example. Yeah. Yeah, all packaged together as well. If you're booking a package holiday as well for some people, it's really important. So, I mean, that's something that we see at ICS as well. You know, the more attributes you have of a brand, you do get a bit of a boost in terms of your SEO performance or your how Google treats your content versus the same or comparable content elsewhere. Yeah, I definitely feel like um, we've got a bit of a, a leg up, I'd say, from from the brand. Yeah. It does make it a little bit easier for Tui versus maybe the likes of First Choice or when you come to brand mentions but um yeah it does give us a little bit of a make it a little bit easier sometimes but it's not always not always so, so straightforward as yeah but nevertheless yeah you still have that large portfolio of website and mm-hmm. content to maintain and mm-hmm. optimize and you know not you know fall into any pitfalls you know it's the bigger the site the more there is that could go right but also could go wrong right. you know um in terms of other industries, so we talked a little bit about the travel industry. Are there any other industries that you take inspiration from that you think are quite sharp with SEO or you think they've got, you know, a, an approach to content that, that travel firms can learn from, for example? I think any industry where you're kind of providing a service to, to someone mm-hmm. where you can um, build those sort of tools that kind of help people on their journey and that kind of sit in that content funnel, that content journey. So whether it's like a... Um, some examples we looked at recently, like a like a ULES car checker, like is my car compliant? Um, yeah. Or or film locations for like TV providers, that kind of thing, where you can kind of make those kind of fun interactive tools. Those are the sort of ones we looked to, and they tend to be like the service more service not service industry as such but services that you're paying mm-hmm. for someone to supply to you. You want that information of it. Those are the ones mm-hmm. I guess we kind of take little bit of inspiration from as well and how can we apply that to 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 give it a bit of a holiday location spin yeah to it 
yeah. I guess it can help make some of those locations a bit more real or the experience a bit and, more and, real. And bring them to people before they go as well. Because if you're booking somewhere that you've not yeah. been to before, how can you bring that to life a bit more? Just make the experience or even finding those destinations, finding those places a little bit more easier mm. for the customer in a bit more of a navigatable way, maybe than just a long list of pages. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's only so many hours in the day and people have that, you know, mm-hmm. immediacy when it comes to, or the, or the, the desire for immediacy perhaps when it comes to finding the information that they want. Especially maybe like say you don't know where you want to go. I know I want somewhere exactly. hot. I want to go somewhere, but you don't know where. That's a lot of research yeah, yeah. that you have to do to find those those places to narrow it all the way down to a hotel. Well, the thing is, I'm terrible for that because I'll be like, I want somewhere hot, but then I'll get, I'll see something interesting and go, oh well, I want something autumnal now. <laughs> so I, guess, I guess it, you know, having yeah, different seasonal searcher well. then. <laughs> Probably, who knows? Um, uh, I guess when you try to wrap all of this stuff up, you know, we're, we're thinking about how to maintain these quite large transactional websites. What kind of SEO methodologies have been most impactful for you? I guess in travel but also across your career and um, have these changed over time different roles one one thing we're really big on is test and learn if it doesn't mm-hmm. work out you've not lost anything for it i think that's that's a real key one and it's advice i'd give to anyone especially if they're starting out in seos maybe don't be too scared to try and fail at things like mm-hmm. my, my previous marriage or one of my previous managers was very keen on like fail fast if you do it that's it move on again that maybe that's where that kind of calmness came from maybe that's where he instilled that in me but like and I'm very open to how hold my hands up and say I've taken the I I took one of the most popular deals pages down on the website a couple of years ago because I tried to update the meta title and I did it wrong the page broke but then we fixed it so and then now I know how to do it in the future so if someone else breaks it I could be like ah this is how you gotta fix it and like no one no one like got seriously injured or anything over that it wasn't that deep it wasn't that serious so if you in we've, we've done that in the past like we did um throughout covid we had the where can i go on holiday page and we were one of the first travel companies that built that a nice tool that we got out there everyone told you where you can go on the red list the green list etc and then one of the things we thought maybe would be searched were um places that you don't need to be vaccinated for destinations without vaccination so mm-hmm. we built a page for it no one searched for it did I lose sleep over it no we just like oh well didn't work out we redirected it but we took that chance if we hadn't taken that chance and it did become a search term then we would have lost out on that traffic whereas we had and the same with where can I go on holiday we started to see that spike in searches for where can I go on holiday so we built the page it turned out really well for us it was it ranked number one throughout most of covid really really popular page but if we hadn't taken that bet on it then we would have lost that out so by is it, I think it's important to be cautious on some things, but I think it's also important to just trial it and test it and learn it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. that's something that we always try in our team. Like, what's the what's the worst that can happen if you put a page live and no one clicks on it? It's one page. Obviously, we're talking yeah. if we're talking like tens of thousands of pages, maybe be a bit more cautious about rolling that out. But like one page, if it doesn't take you long to build it or take that long to put together or maintain it, trial it. If it doesn't work you can just redirect it or if it gets no traffic, just bin it off and no one, no one knows it, knows it was there. I think that's really good advice for like, well, certainly agencies and certainly for a wide variety of other industries as well, because I think there can be a temptation in SEO to kind of follow the leader. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows how to do audits. Everyone knows how to use Ahrefs mm-hmm. or SEMrush and so on. So you can quite easily see what other people are doing 
and sort of mimic their strategy and try and do it a little bit better. But that doesn't mean you're going to do anything groundbreaking or new or be on top of those trends or what people are coming out with and and like you say if you you get even if you get that inkling and you might be slightly biased like I thought that's maybe how people were searching would search in the future there was obviously no data for it yet because it's quite a new thing Mm. built the page I mean didn't lose any anything over it like we had the page it was there maybe it got a couple of clicks maybe it was me looking at the page testing it out but <laughs> no one that they didn't impact anything we just said no, okay awesome it's, been, it's been live for a few weeks or a few months or whatever it was no one's looking at it should we should we bin it off and move on and then we're like yeah okay that one didn't work out but next time we'll do we'll do the same approach i'd do the same approach i would always say let's test the page if it yeah, doesn't yeah. then you know, we'll, we'll come up with a new strategy or a new idea or, or a different approach the, to it. The, the principle is definitely sound. Otherwise, you're just repeating other people. Yeah. And this is going to where data, and I can, everyone talks about how important data is. Sometimes there's no data. No. So you have to rely on other things, you know. And it's kind of where, you know, you mentioned your background in languages and, you know, studying and working abroad. You know, human knowledge is a big part Absolutely. of SEO. It's not just about what the numbers are saying because that's retrospective, that's past. And yes, you can try and project from the past to the future, mm-hmm. but you're not going to discover something completely new unless you try new Especially things. Especially when it's something on. like that, I guess that's a very specific example of kind of coming out of out of lockdown and where can I go sure. then? But like the same principle could apply to anything like that. If you start to see it, what are the other kind of satellite topics around it maybe that yeah, could what, be covered what's off? logical rationale? Yeah. What's what's driving people? What might be driving people? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we can get it wrong, but we might get it right. In which case you're not getting 2% of an existing it's, Especially when it's something like that where it's quite brand safe, right? Going out with like, we've already got where can I go on holiday? What's the difference to having a where can I go without being vaccinated people there were there were people asking questions around that it's not yep. a big um impact on the brand as a as a as a you know um brand identity or brand receptiveness i think that when you, when you when you add those sort of things in then maybe don't be always so bullshy with trying things maybe think about what the impact could be if it doesn't go yeah, right absolutely. but when it is quite safe a topic like that then i think absolutely just Test, test and learn and fail fast and move on yeah that's definitely a good good discipline but yeah but applying some of that subjective stuff as well not everything has to be objective you can have some subjective stuff that might end up mm-hmm. being proven to be more uh, substantial as you go forward um when it comes to i guess this also I guess leans into the search trend side of things but when it comes to the popularity of some travel experiences versus others are there anything surprises you about like you know certain things that might be on the rise or Um, certain travel products I guess I I wasn't a big cruise fan until this year and then I've done two and now I'm fully in my cruise era and that's (laughs) what I want to be going on all the time um and it it completely changed my perspective of what a cruise is like and what a cruise customer is like and it's definitely me I'm definitely a mm. cruise customer even though maybe I don't fit the portfolio traditionally of what people might expect from someone on cruises um in terms of trends um I think I read a report the other the other day I think it was a Skyscanner one talking around um increase of, of travel for like gigs or travel for like more pleasure or pleasurable mm-hmm. type product things rather yeah. than just travel for the sake of traveling and for going on holiday like travel with intent or travel with a purpose um to do with like traveling for gigs or concerts abroad i think that that looked like it was going to be quite a big 
trending topic, especially maybe with like younger generations and maybe more mm-hmm. disposable income. Maybe make rather than just going on holiday, do two things at once. I'll go on holiday yeah. and get the concert in at the same time. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting one and interesting to see how that plays plays out. Um, yeah, I think I mean, I, even, we see a little bit as well. It's not just travel for relaxation; it's travel for experience. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. That could be gigs, and it could or it could be trekking, or it could be could be a marriage. Yeah, like sports as well, yeah. like going going yeah. away to run a, run a marathon or, or something like that. Could be um, maybe on the rise as well. So I think that would be mm. really interesting to see how that plays out and how how we can adapt to that with people going away, not just to sit in the sun for a week. Yeah, yeah. Diff- different conceptions of leisure, I guess, mm-hmm. as well. Being like wise with your time, I think it's all around that, around like that whole attitude of not just doing it for, because it's kind of expected that's what your holiday is, kind of combining things but making the most of your, your annual leave. I mean, I guess that's also kind of where, you know, TikTok and I guess the, the more expansive approach of travel firms helps. You know, mm-hmm. they're not just about location and package, it's inspiration, guidance, support, you know, answering queries, all that kind of helpful content that we know Google likes. Yep. I think, you know, as travel firms have enhanced their own remit, maybe that has also helped to fuel what people think of as possible from travel and that opens up more opportunities for bookings, mm-hmm. passengers, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, in terms of like the future for your your team and the company, is there anything you can say about you know twenty twenty four, what you'll be prioritizing that type of thing? Um, yeah, I guess it's a, the same sort of thing that Google always wants us to prioritize helpful content. Obviously, seen a couple of those this year, making everything really kind of customer centric as well for our customers and again tying back to what's that goal of it is it is there a customer benefit to it is a commercial Mm. benefit to it um but apart from that it's kind of just just doing what we're doing i think we've we've had a really good year this year so um our financial year ended not that long ago and we're kind of wrapping up the year at the moment going to do our spotify wrapped of the year uh, next week which i always do um, for the team like our highlights and stuff and yeah i think we've, we've had a really good year i think just continuing kind of more of the same trying to drive it forward keep waving that SEO flag within the business as well and kind of inserting ourselves into some of those conversations that some people might think, oh, it maybe doesn't have much to do with SEO at the moment, but it will in the future and making sure we're, we're kind of there for those those conversations as well. I guess maintaining that experimental approach as well where possible, you know. Yeah, to- and, and just the visibility as, as a team within, within the business mm. of that. We have a lot of data that we can share as well is there ways that we can share that with different people that might be impactful um or just what are you working on can we maybe add an seo lens to it as well Mm. and see if there's kind of a a project in there for us well that kind of um touches on uh the the final question really which is you know what other departments and stakeholders um can contribute to a, a successful seo strategy and i suppose with that in mind what you just said you know how can seo support other departments in terms of data maybe more of a grounding based on search trends that type of thing uh so yeah how, how do you plan to maintain that type of relationship with other stakeholders and what what's next in terms of how you build the team Are any plans to develop the team or train in new ways in the next year i think obviously um kind of the elephant in the room and talk about sge and how do we adapt 
to that and the data that comes out of that and kind of, I guess, getting the team thinking about that and how that could impact us and how do we need to pivot mm-hmm. or what else do we need to do? Or who else do we need to lean on? Is it the likes of PR or content more so to kind of help help with those sort of changes that are coming soon we fully expect in, in the next year? Um, but yeah, I think one of the things I do really love about working with Tui is that I probably work with so many different people. There's probably barely a team in the head office that I haven't spoken to about something or other. Um, so yeah, just saying saying to everyone that we we can kind of help, or we can help with that, we can do that, we can do this, and kind of being that positive approach. Um, I can be quite guilty sometimes of not saying no to anyone then that were far too much on my plate but just looking for those opportunities of like oh yeah actually this is this could work really well for this or can I take that away and maybe look into it from there and then if if you're willing to help people drive their agenda but I'm also driving mine I'm also getting a page that's going to rank for that keyword and a lot of people around the business know a lot more around how our customers might be asking questions. So like what the questions that our customers are coming into store and asking our retail colleagues, can I get some information around that? Because if they're asking people in store, they're probably going to go to Google as well and ask it on there. Hopefully a large percentage of other people that wouldn't go into a travel agent would be asking Google as well. So kind of tapping into those kind of pockets of knowledge where I'm not, I don't work in the airline, I'm not an airline expert, but someone will be and someone will have those those insights that they can share or someone from the retail team could share that back to us as well. So I guess always making sure I'm not asking for everything from everyone, but also showing, showing what can we give back, what kind of data, and also not treating people like a service team. So if we're mm-hmm. working with content, we can ask them to build us something, but I'm very keen that we keep sharing data with them as well. So we're not just asking for content and like, okay, that's it, we're done. I'm off now to go and read the rewards of the page that you've built for me and the content you've written, but showing actually people are searching for this or actually we're seeing these queries come through. Can we adapt the content a little bit to kind of fit these new terms that are coming out or these new trends that we're seeing or this competitor's built a page a bit like this? Can we adapt ours? Kind of always Mm. that that give give and take I think it's really important. Yeah, that's the exact phrase I was going to use, that give and take, you know, and it's also about giving people or closing the loop for them, letting them see, like, you did this for me, this is what happened, this was the outcome. You know, it didn't just, like, disappear into the void no there was an this is how much traffic's or, coming to it how many bookings yeah. we're getting off the back of it or how it's ranking or now we're ranking position one for this term that's a real set like a team effort celebration mm. that it was a good contribution effort from everyone involved to get us to that position position one or position two or whatever it is we're, we're chasing yeah and i think that's kind of where you can keep people motivated that goes for any kind of yeah. you know industry and any business environment i guess you know not just the give and take, but also letting people see what the outcome see what the was. And, are. You don't want to be just stuck in a box yeah. doing stuff and then having no idea what impact it has on anyone. No, you don't know if it's good, if it's landed well, are people coming to it or whatever. You need to kind of have that, like, okay, maybe this didn't work out this time and maybe we need to tweak the approach for next time or maybe tweak the content a little bit, make it yeah, different, but at least tweak you know. the page or the build of the page hasn't really landed with how Google's reading it or whatever. And then we go back to the drawing board and carry on with the next bit. Well, that's it. It's, it's a shared learning experience Absolutely. for everybody, ideally. And also, the more uh, feedback there is and more positive reinforcement, the more likely it is that they will help you out next time and vice versa, you know? Yeah, or we, know what so, to yeah. Do, or we might know what to do better next time so we don't have to go through that, that loop of it and we can land it right the first time. Well, that's, that's a nice note to end on. So we've talked a lot about collaboration and iteration and experimentation which seems to be, you know, especially important in travel, but I'm sure other people listening from other sectors can, you know, uh, empathise with that as well. 
we've talked a little bit about your interesting professional background, <laughs> you know, so you don't need to be world-class data scientist from, you know, nursery school to get a career in Absolutely SEO. Absolutely not, no. I don't think anyone, in, no, no one in my team studied SEO or anything kind of directly related to coming into a career in SEO in my team, yeah. and we're all a great team, so... Yeah. plenty of jumping on points um what else we talked about we talked about rolling with the punches when it comes to algorithm updates um not sweating too much if a particular don't, strategy don't sweat the small go. stuff on it it's yeah all of that so yeah we've covered a whole lot of ground so louise needs to say thank you very much for joining us no thanks Martin. Um, thanks for having me <laughs> and yeah thanks to everyone who's listening in we'll catch you next time Bye.